Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Tuesday already. Can you believe it? This week is going to go by so fast. The good news is you've got a big turkey dinner looking uh, pretty good at this point. And it's happening very quickly. Praise be to God. Make sure to save leftovers for the weekend because it's going to be a long weekend. We, in fact, have two pre-recorded shows for you this week. But it's fresh content. You've never heard it before. It's going to be quite good. That's coming up. We're looking forward to it. But today on the program, praise be to Jesus, did you know that so far... Over the past, uh, since the pandemic started back in uh, early 2020, 76 million lives have been lost in abortion. 76 million lives have been lost in selective abortion around the world since the pandemic started. How many people have died of COVID? It ain't 76 million. It's a huge disproportionate number, and yet we don't act that way. Well, also, the good news today, praise be to God, is the Supreme Court declined to rule on the Texas heartbeat bill yesterday, which everybody thought they were going to. And the good news is, praise be to God, 12,000 lives have been saved so far in the state of Texas to the uh, Texas heartbeat bill. To talk about that, we're going to ask uh, Joe Poyman to be on our program uh, in, at 6.15, 7.15 Eastern to talk about this big, huge story. Praise be to God. When will they rule on this? We don't know. We're going to have a conversation around that, plus other pro-life stories with Joe Poyman, and he is the executive director of Texas Alliance for Life. So that's coming up. Praise be to God. 35 past the hour, Jason Jones from the Vulnerable People Project is going to be back on the show. He has been doing some very cool stuff lately. Number one, helping to rescue people out of Afghanistan. We're going to catch uh, the update there. And then number two, he's been going to these like basketball games and sports games and raising awareness for Uyghurs, praise be to Jesus, the Uyghurs that have been enslaved by the CCP government in China. We're going to catch up on that from the Vulnerable People Project at 35 past the hour. So it's going to be a full show, praise be to God. And uh, Rudy Carlos is here. Good morning to you, Rudy. Praise be to God. It's uh, I'd say it's good to see you, but your camera's not working this morning, so we actually can't see you. <laughs> well, praise be to God. You're still here. You get your your audio is sounding okay, so uh, we're looking forward to your your newscast this morning. Anything in the news that surprises you? Why California? I mean, have they not heard of Houston, Texas? I'm just curious. Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine seeing an armored car, like, just bust open in front of you on the highway? I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, the temptation to take the money because you think all of a sudden because it hits the street, somehow it's yours. (laughs) <laughs> like, 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 is that not how it works? <laughs> Speaking of money on the streets, Adrian Fonseca is here. Well, on the ones and twos. Good morning to Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here, but it would be better to be where that money landed. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that, you know, finders keepers, right? That's a rule. Is that a rule? Is that squatters rights? Something like that? I don't know. Rights. Something like that. So I'm surprised the state doesn't confiscate the money. It's our highway. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. You put it here. You put it here. 
Yeah, wouldn't that? Well, that's kind of a crazy story. Well, we're looking forward to that. Praise be to God. Uh, big turkey day coming up for mm. both of you. Uh, Adrian, are you going to be home with family? Oh, yeah. I mean, family for me is just down the street. Uh, it's like in an hour from uh, the studio, so or from my apartment. So I just head down on Wednesday after I get everything set up for the uh, the show on Thursday and Friday, and nice. uh, then I'll be having uh, Turkey Day on Thursday, heading to Mass early in the morning. Wonderful! And uh, I'm looking forward to spending time with my family. Praise be to God. My Rudy? brother's home. Rudy, what about you? I'm a ham guy, big Gla- time. Glazed ham? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yum. Yeah. I, of course. I, I much prefer the ham over the turkey, to be honest. Really? Yep. Much prefer? Much prefer. Like, that's a lot. Like, that's turkey, a lot more than I, just prefer. Like, I only eat turkey on Thanksgiving. I really don't like turkey that much, but I eat it on Thanksgiving. But mm. ham, I I love ham so much. <laughs> like, I do not deny myself ham. <laughs> <laughs> That's not street compliant at all. I'm just going to let you know right now. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right. Uh, but we'll, we'll salivate more on our food choices, <laughs> I guess, tomorrow or maybe later in the after show if you can join us for that. But as I said, at 15 past, we're going to have a pro-life conversation with Joe Poyman. Uh, good news from the Supreme Court today. At least uh, so far, good news. We'll, we'll figure out the full story there. 35 past the hour, Jason Jones from the Vulnerable People Project will be back on the program. Let's pray. Let's dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos.
The saint of the day is, well, for one, I wanted to mention real quick, Father Miguel Pro was martyred today, and let's keep him in mind too. But the saint of the day is Saint Columbanus. He was born in 559, and as a young man who was greatly tormented by temptations of the flesh, he sought advice of a religious woman who had lived as a hermit for many, many years. She warned him that if he wished to maintain his purpose of self-conquest, he must fly to a region where, where girls are less beautiful and seductive than Ireland. Interesting. Save thyself, young man, and fly! His resolution was formed. He decided on going away. One day, while he wandered in the depths of the wood, bearing a volume of the Holy Scriptures on his shoulder and meditating whether the ferocity of the beast was not better than the rage of men, he saw a dozen wolves surround him. He remained motionless, repeating the words, Deus in auditorium, which means, God, come to my assistance. The wolves smelt his garments and passed on their way without molesting him. He pursed his way, and a few steps further on, he heard the voices of band of Swabian robbers who wasted the country. He did not see them, but he thanked God for having preserved him from the maw of the wolf and the less merciful hand of man. An article of his rule ordained that the monk should go to rest so fatigued that he would be ready to fall asleep on his way to bed and should rise before he had, uh, had slept off his weariness. It was at the cost of this excess, excessive and perpetual labor that the wilderness which had spread over the ruins of Roman civilization was restored to cultivation and life. He was known as the, one of the greatest evangelists of Ireland and many more miracles that I don't have time to cover. He died in 615 after moving into a cave to spend the rest of his days. St. Columbanus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 11. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will be not left one stone upon another, that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to, fla from place, to place, and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Jesus in all things. The Venerable Bede said, For it was ordained by the dispensation of God that the city itself and the temple should be overthrown, lest perhaps someone yet a child in the faith, while wrapped in astonishment at the rites of the sacrifices, should be carried away by the mere sight of the various beauties. Unquote. Venerable Bede, pray for us. Kind of reminds me, of the book of Hebrews, sort of making this point too, having obviously seen the temple and the sacrifices and being able to describe them so carefully and detailed in the letter to the Hebrews, you can see that there's a conflict here. And the writer of the Hebrews, I say St. Paul, by the way, um, is trying to exhort the faithful 
not to be tempted by these things, these, these Jewish converts into Christianity, not to go back to the temple, but for the once-for-all sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which is the Holy Mass. Now, uh, I love, as I said, I think it was last week, I pointed out the Jewish wars and uh, Josephus and his documenting the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Hadock quotes this today, Terrors from Heaven, Josephus, in his history of this war, in which Jerusalem was destroyed by Titus, relates at length many of the prodigies which were the forerunners of the dreadful end of this unfortunate city. During a whole year, a meteor, like a flaming sword, was seen impending over the city. There were likewise seen in the air appearances of chariots and numerous armies which pressed upon another. On the night of Pentecost, the priest, after a confused noise, heard distinctly the words, Let us go hence, which are supposed to have been spoken by the angels. So many signs and wonders and great destruction. Let us meditate upon God's will for our life and salvation today. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Many Protestants believe Christians can be absolutely sure they're going to heaven because John tells us in 1 John 5.13, I write this that you may know you have eternal life. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, John writes in the next verse, and this is the confidence which we have in him. For John, the knowledge we have of our salvation is not a certainty without doubt, but a confident assurance. And that's the Catholic belief. Second, we know this is what John means because in verse 15, he draws a parallel between our knowledge of salvation and our knowledge that God grants our requests. Do we have absolute certitude that God will grant our requests? No, but we are confident he will answer. So, Catholics need not worry. John is not teaching Protestant doctrine here. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Jason Jones is going to be on our program again. Praise be to Jesus. He is with the Vulnerable People Project. He's been raising awareness for the Uyghurs uh, who are enslaved by the CCP government over there. We're talking organ harvesting, slave labor, and more. And he's been going to these uh, games and trying to raise awareness. We're going to catch up on that, plus his efforts to help rescue people out of Afghanistan. So all of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Dr. Joe Poindman. He is the executive director of Texas Alliance for Life. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. I, I saw an article today that said uh, since the pandemic began, uh, back in early 2020, 76 a million, more than 76 million lives have been lost in selective abortion around the world. Mm. Uh, we focus on the pandemic numbers quite a bit in our country in the headline news, but it comes nowhere near the loss of life in selective abortion. And uh, the good news is the Supreme Court didn't strike down the Texas heartbeat bill yesterday, which some expected. Uh, how did that go? 
Well, we the Supreme Court did not strike it down. They didn't take the case up again. And uh, frankly, the, the seasoned court observers are baffled. The Supreme Court had an expedited hearing on our law, the Texas Heartbeat Act, that was back on the 1st of November. And everyone expected within days, maybe weeks, that the Supreme Court released an opinion on whether the law will stand or not. Um, this uh, this uh, releasing opinions on uh, the, the week of, of uh, Thanksgiving was rather unusual. So we thought they're all queued up to do this special thing. They passed over it and went over to a case which is, you know, not so interesting nationally and just has to do with water rights between two states, Mississippi and Tennessee. So what are they doing here? We're not really sure. But the issue, but right now we can be thankful. And we go into the Thanksgiving with a lot of thanks because the Texas Heartbeat Act is still in effect, probably saving hundreds, maybe dozens, hundreds of lives a day. And that's a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, praise God. The report I saw said 12,000 lives so far have been saved in the state of Texas as a result of this bill. Do you, I know other states are looking at this carefully. Do you see this as something that will spread across the country, at least in the states that uh, are, are pro-life and want to sort of uh, limit abortion as much as possible? If the Supreme Court blocks it, then probably not for obvious reasons. And and this isn't actually the Supreme Court hearing this was not about whether Roe versus Wade should be overturned. That's yet to come. But this case is really about a procedural issue, whether a state, uh, in this case, Texas, can pass a law that in, impinges or takes away a constitutional right. We don't like this, but the fact is for a half a century, the state has the the Supreme Court has recognized a right to abortion, whether a state can take away any right, constitutional right, and do it in such a way that federal courts can't review that, can't possibly block the law. And this law is very cleverly written. And it is not easy and maybe not possible unless the Supreme Court changes the precedent to, to block it. But why, why would pro-lifers be concerned about that? Well, first of all, we, we are grateful that, laws are, that, that lives are being saved. But we've got to be con- uh, also a little concerned because this same technology, the same uh, type of law could be passed by a crazy state, California, New York, to possibly take away someone's right to own guns mm. or someone's right to do free speech, sidewalk counseling in front of an abortion facility uh, or, you know, or practice our religion. So um, it's a really interesting question if some of the conservatives, or we think are conservatives, Amy Coney Barrett, Brent Kavanaugh, and others, if they vote to allow the lower courts to block this law, it's not because of abortion. It's because of this very unique structure of the law that allows, uh, that prevents it from being reviewed by federal courts. We're talking with Joe Poyman. Uh, he is uh, executive director of Texas Alliance for Life about this uh, this. Uh the story that came out yesterday about the Supreme Court not coming down on the Texas heartbeat bill. Do you think, Dr. Poyman, that uh, they will come down? Do you think that they will toss this out? Or how, what is your best guess? You know, we, we always talk about our, our crystal ball and mine is just as cloudy <laughs> as everybody's. And yesterday we were watching minute by minute, refreshing our browsers with the Supreme Court website to see when it came down. And it did not. What will happen eventually? I think there's by listen, listening to the oral arguments back on November 1st. Mm. It seemed like uh, there's a good chance that they will allow the lower courts to block it. If they do, again, it's not because they're not sympathetic to protecting unborn babies. We think there are five justices who are. That's our guess. But it's because of this unique 
unique uh, um, structure of the law. I will say that if that happens, all is not lost. And the real hope is on this Dobbs case with the Supreme Court will hear on December 1st, the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. And the Dobbs case is about the, the entire issue of whether any state can pass any law that protects unborn babies before viability. That goes to the heart of the terrible Roe v. Wade precedent. And we are very hopeful that there will be five votes, maybe six, mm. that could bring down, could allow states to protect unborn babies. If that's the case, then Texas has another law that was passed called the Human Life Protection Act, which completely protects unborn babies. Back to conception, fertilization, when we all came into being. It would protect all babies in Texas from the tragedy of abortion. And that would go into effect shortly after the Supreme Court issued that opinion in the Dobbs case. So part of me says, well, we, we were really grateful that uh, we've saved 12,000 babies so far with this, and we would love to see this continue. But at the same time, like you say, we might be opening a Pandora's box here that it could be used against us in many other ways. So maybe this other law is the better way to go, the healthier way to go moving forward. Well, uh, yeah, the, and the Human Life Protection Act, that may be true. And, and, it, and the Human Life Protection Act it is not vulnerable to these type of challenges on, on this law. Uh, for one thing, uh, one of the things we, we would like to see out of this uh, whole thing with the Texas Heartbeat Act is whether the Biden-Harris administration, who have sued to strike it down, this, they don't have standing to sue. We don't think so. Most experts, I think, at least on our side, believe they have no business being in federal court trying to strike down any law that they think is unconstitutional, and that's very dangerous. So hopefully this, the Supreme Court will will rebuke the Biden-Harris administration. But long term, there are about 12 states that have passed laws like the Human Life Protection Act. They're triggered, they're contingent upon the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade, and then they go into act in action. Some people call them contingency or trigger bans. And we have great hope that perhaps next year at this time, if we do another interview, Joe, uh, we would be talking about how um, Texas has protected all unborn babies. And by the way, at the same time the legislature passed these laws last spring, they vastly increased funding for alternatives to abortion across the state of Texas. They, the state's alternatives to abortion program is funded at $100 million over the next two years to provide compassionate alternatives to abortions at hundreds of sites across the state of Texas. So Texas is protecting unborn babies, before birth and mothers with unplanned pregnancies. Mm. So where does uh, Texas land in terms of, you know, pro-life laws? I'm so we've seen things come out of Louisiana, things come out of Florida and other states as well. Where does uh, Texas land on this uh, scale of, of protecting life? We're at the top and that's not just Texas pride talking. <laughs> we really are at the <laughs> vanguard. We have, you know, my staff and I total up uh, um, even before this last session, the number of, laws that Texas had passed over the decades, and it's eight pages of single pace, pace, uh, space type. And that's why the wow. abortion rate in Texas is very low. That's why abortions from 2010, when there were 77,000 abortions every year, compared to 2020, when there were 54,000 abortions a year, that is a 24,000 abortions per year drop. Wow. It's just sensational. And meanwhile, the number of alternatives to abortion agencies are just proliferating. It's So we're really doing a tremendous amount. The laws that the legislature have passed 
have been um, very, uh, very effective. And uh, again, we continue to provide alternatives to abortion. Um, this Human Life Protection Act is really the strongest you can get as, as, uh, as much as can be uh, done with the courts. And we have to abide by the courts. That's just the reality. So we've really done everything we can just about uh, for babies in the womb. We want we don't want people to start becoming complacent with all this good news. Yep. And so, what should the average person be be doing right now when we're seeing all this good news? We're seeing victories. There's a we smell blood in the water, uh, so to speak. What's the move for your average person uh, now that we've seen uh, so much success? Well, I think a lot of your listeners will be sympathetic to this. We do need to pray daily. We need to pray that the Supreme Court does do the right thing. That hearing on December first is when they take oral arguments, they will release their opinion many months later, likely next uh, next June 2022. So we need to be praying that the Supreme Court is going to do the right thing there. Uh, contribute to your local pregnancy resource centers. Um, they need the money. They need uh, donations of diapers, especially larger diapers. You know, we help babies uh, long after the birth birth of that child. And um, here's something to put on your calendar. The Texas Rally for Life will be in Austin on Saturday, January 22nd. And we need a massive crowd in Austin. That's an annual event, but we need the biggest crowd ever. We must show the media, our elected officials, and the courts that Texas is pro-life. Uh, we have a couple of minutes left with Dr. Joe Poyman, Executive Director of Texas Alliance of Life. Let's talk about this uh, $2 trillion uh, bill that got spending bill that got passed on Friday, uh, a vote of two, 220 to 213. One Democrat joined the Republicans voting against it. Uh, but the Hyde Amendment and the Helms Amendment not even included. Terrible. The Hyde Amendment is that law that prevents our tax dollars from going to elective abortions. Um, that law has is estimated to have saved over the decades between uh, one and two million babies from the tragedy of abortion. So if our money, if our tax dollars are used to pay for abortion, then abortions increase. And that, that um, they're not doing anything to help women with unplanned pregnancies. The, the Helms Amendment prevents our money from being over, used overseas to provide or promote abortion. So this is what, unfortunately, the leadership in the uh, US House is pushing it's uh, Pelosi, the Democrat, uh, is in, Democrats are in, in charge right now, and uh, that needs to be stopped. And hopefully that law will be stopped in the U.S. Senate. Otherwise, abortions will increase. Uh, that's just a stark reality, both here and in the world. One of the questions I have is, OK, let's just say the the next uh, presidential election or the even the midterms, uh, let's say the House, let's say Congress goes back conservative and let's just say it goes back pro-life. Is it possible to roll back all of the, the items and the agenda uh, efforts that this particular administration has been putting into place? Boy, that's going to be tough because we'll still have the same president. And if we don't have the same president, we'll have the same vice president. The Biden-Harris administration are awful. They're absolutely awful. And while we but but one good thing is if there's a change of leadership in the House and the Senate, then we will have the committees will be controlled by the Republicans. And the leadership there is very pro-life. So the committees will be allowing hearings on pro-life bills. And those pro-life bills will get votes on the House floor and depending on the, the, on, on the makeup of the Senate, perhaps on the Senate floor also. And that changes the whole conversation across the country. All so right. that's, that really is a huge goal. 
Dr. Joe Poyman, Executive Director, Texas Alliance for Life. Thank you for your time today. God love you and God bless you. Thank you. Check out his website at TexasAllianceForLife.org. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. Jason Jones from the Vulnerable People Project is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. For some couples, praying together is very natural, but for others, prayer may feel awkward or forced. The truth is, there is real power in spouses praying together. So how can couples pray together more? You can begin by blessing each other and your children in the morning, or engage in communal prayer together like the rosary or the mass. You can also ask your spouse, how can you pray for them? Intercede for them and their needs throughout your day as you are driving or cleaning. When parents need guidance in making decisions for the family, this is when the two of you should come before the Lord in faith and ask for help. And when you fall and make poor choices, you should also repent together and ask the Lord for His forgiveness and mercy. Growing in your prayer life is an essential way to develop and deepen your relationship, but also a way for you to support your spouse and love them more profoundly. A threefold cord is not easily broken. To hear more, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via phone is Jason Jones. He is the, the founder and director of the Human Rights Education Organization and the Vulnerable People Project. The last time we had Jason on the show, we were talking about his efforts to, to rescue people out of Afghanistan after the crazy and terrible way in which we left that country. Jason, welcome back to the program. Joe, thanks for having me on. Yeah, praise God. Let's start there. Uh, I'm excited to also ask you about your, your raising awareness for the Uyghurs, but let's start with Afghanistan. What is, uh, what is the outcome of your efforts to, uh, to bring people out of that country? Well, you know, um, we've, we've, our organization has, over the past, since August 13th, evacuated uh, over 600 people uh, to other countries, wow. and we've begun resettling people to... We've, we have begun selling people to a new home. So we moved them to countries that are close, like for example, Pakistan. But as a, if you're a Christian, Pakistan's not going to, it's not the country where you want, are going to want to be resettled. So mm. we'll resettle you somewhere else. So we've begun the process of resettling. We still have a lot of people to evacuate from Afghanistan. Uh, the past three weeks, the situation has seemed almost intractable, but yesterday was a great day. We were in negotiations with the country I can't say which country, but we were given landing rights, so we can begin now again flying uh, Christians and those who fought alongside our men and women in the war against terror um, out of the country. So yesterday was a very good day, and not only are we um, evacuating people, but we're supporting them in safe houses in Af- across Afghanistan. And it, it's winter setting in; there's going to be famine, so I, I really fear that the the, the tough part is just beginning in our work. Well, that's, uh, it, it depends if they have uh, their status, their ethnicity. So we, there are two ways we move people out of the country. Uh, one way is on flights, and those are for people who have sort of their documents in order. Um, and their situation might not be that urgent, but there are people who there are the Taliban is hunting. They've knocked on their doors. They kind of are closing in on where they are. Wow. And then it's, we, we move them out over land. Um, and moving people out over land is very expensive and it's, and it's very dangerous. Um, but you know, sometimes it just has to be done. People will get a, a letter in the night saying tomorrow you have to report to the police station and um, then we know that it's go time, and then we begin the process of we have teams of Afghans that we work with that then begin to move them to the border, and we move them over a border, uh, usually Pakistan, uh, to get them to safety. So these teams of Afghans that you work with, how hard are, I mean, what what goes into recruiting uh, these folks, because I mean, I imagine there's also security concerns. Are these people reliable? Are they going to take a bribe from the Taliban to let them know who they're working with? I mean, how how does that process work for you? Well, I can tell you, uh, it was horrifying early on because we just didn't know who we could really trust. Mm-hmm. And um, but we've, by God's grace, one of my best friends oversaw the country of Afghanistan from one of the alphabet agencies during the early part of the war. And then again, in, in toward the end of the war. So he has a lot of relationships and we've, we've hired a high ranking person that worked in the government 
uh, and the Afghan government to partner with us. So we're, unlike most organizations, I think we're sort of in a blessed position to recruit folks. And one of the things that we've been able to do as well with the people that we've recruited is, uh, you know, there was an American citizen and he, he, he was running out of cell phone credits and he had no money left. Mm. And this person's going to be doing a media tour. He's very angry and he will be landing in the United States today. Wow. And we finally were able to get him home, him and his wife. Yeah. And uh, so he was trying, you know, he, he couldn't communicate with the State Department because he no longer had money and or cell phone credits for cell phones, something practical like that that we wouldn't even think about, right? To right. Us, our phone is on. Our phone is on. It's on. But there you buy credits, and he ran out of credits and could no longer communicate with the State Department, who he was relying on to, to get him out of the country. And through our team, you know, we just said, okay, you know, we, we had people knock on his door and hand him food, clothes, money, and a phone. And that was, you know, he was able to then work with the U.S. government to get him and his wife out of the country finally. How did they actually get him out? Was it just negotiating with the Taliban to make sure he can get to the airport and get on an airplane? Or what? how did that work? In his case, uh, they contracted with uh, another, and the, the State Department contracted with another NGO and were finally able to get him on a plane. You know, we had been wanting to move him for a very long time, but he he placed a lot of faith in the State Department. Four times, four times they had him go to the airport, go through 12 checkpoints with his U.S. passport. Oh, wow. And 12 times, I'm sorry, four times he gets to the airport and they say, oh, sorry, there is actually no flight today. And you'll have to find your, you and your wife will have to find your way back home because they, they send a bus for them. And four times they had to find their way back home. We were um, not in a position to get him on a plane, but had been really wanting to move him over land. But he kept saying, no, 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 no. You know, and finally, um, we gave the, the U.S. government a fifth try. They were finally able to get him out of the country. And uh, by God's grace, they had to process his wife, who was not a U.S. citizen in another country. And they will be home He's an American citizen. He'll be in his home, and his wife will be in her new home, her new country, um, the United States, for Thanksgiving. I can't imagine this is inexpensive. No. Can I tell you, um, it's been very expensive. In my organization, so Hero has two programs, Movie to Movement, which is the fun stuff, which most people know me for. Jason, but hold that thought. We, let's, uh, yeah. we have a quick break. We're going to come back. But I want to make sure that you cover this because this is very important, how people might be able to help you achieve these goals. But we are talking with Jason Jones from the Vulnerable People Project and Hero and Movie to Movement, All Around Superhero. All that uh, is coming up right after this very short break. Plus, we'll talk about the Uyghurs. Don't go anywhere. Got the drive time. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is too condemning. It needs to practice more tolerance. G.K. Chesterton says, the other word for tolerance is indifference, and the other word for indifference is apathy. The Catholic Church cannot afford to be apathetic. It cannot afford to be tolerant of evil. It has to be consistent in opposing what is wrong and defending what is right. And the church especially cannot afford to tolerate social evils that are condoned by the state. Why? 
because sooner or later it'll be turned against the church. History has shown this to be true more than once. Chesterton says there have been times in history when the church has been wedded to the world, but it has always been widowed by the world. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Jason Jones is our guest. He is with uh, The Hero, uh, also the Vulnerable People Project. You can find their website at thegreatcampaign.org, by the way. Good morning to you, Jason. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, you were telling us of how how not inexpensive this is. This is this costs a lot of money to, sa- to save lives. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, it's um, our organization, Hero, through our two programs, Movie to Movement. Movies is usually the expensive work we do. And, and then the Vulnerable People Project, where we work to leverage other networks and do publicity campaigns to advance the interests of vulnerable minorities. This has been a very unique situation for us and actually all the groups involved. And the Catholic community has really stepped up. But just to give you an example, to do an emergency overland rescue for one person, it's, it's about $7,000. Wow. And um, we've moved hundreds. And then you, then once you get them to the country, the new country, say, for example, Pakistan, for a safe house, which includes a house, food, and security, it's about $3,000 a month. Um, now, I will say the bright light in all of this has been the country of Brazil. Brazil is allowing us to resettle. I, I mean, allowing us. They're eager uh, to resettle Christians in Brazil, and all they require for the partnering NGOs, uh, uh, the partnering nonprofits, groups like ours, is that we cover six months of the living expenses. But for Brazil, that it comes down to be $500 per month per person for six months. And after those six months, if they have a job, Brazil will give them permanent residence. Praise be to God. So it's a great, yeah, it's a, been a wonderful opportunity. And then a new country has stepped up, and we really can't announce this yet, but they've given us landing rights to move people there just for 90 days uh, while we wait to process their visas to the United States and to other countries. But, yeah, it's very, very expensive. And my organization hasn't normally been in a position to have to try to raise this type of money. But I will say uh, I'm working with these big groups that have huge budgets and you know governmental agencies but they're very, they have these really complex processes and procedures, and they're not able to really deploy money and time to help people. We're a very nimble organization, and our people have really stepped up. There has never been a moment where we needed to do something and we didn't have the money. We, 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 we go down to almost $0 every week, and then people step up just in time. And, you know, we got an email last week. We had to rescue 18 girls. And they were Christian girls. Uh, two, I don't even want to say it. Um, two of the girls had been caught and burned alive. Oh, my heavens. Um, these, these girls 
were hiding in a house. God have mercy. And they wrote me a thank you letter. The, uh, they, were, they, they sent me a thank you letter on Sunday. I was actually sitting in the parking lot of the movie theater with my wife. We were getting to read, go see the movie King Richard. And I just started reading this thank you letter out loud to my wife. And then I just broke down crying. The girls, um, they, the one of the girls said in her thank you note that they had given up hope, that they, they stopped praying that God would spear their life. And they just began to pray that God would spear their chastity and honor, that they would be preserved from being raped. Wow. Uh, that was what they were praying for. They knew they were going to die. And then they said, but then these angels descended, your organization descended and rescued us. Praise and, be to Jesus. Um, you know, our organization at that moment, when we discovered where these girls were through the, the Iranian human rights activist and Catholic Juliana Tamarazi brought them to us. When she brought them to us, we had exactly enough money in the bank <laughs> to save these girls. And wow. we wired it, and we went back down to zero, and then, then this is just what we've been doing since August 13th. But, um, yeah, people have really stepped up, and it really matters. I've never had to say no. Yesterday, someone we rescued and brought them to Pakistan, um, the mother of the family, the matriarch, had needed uh, emergency life-saving surgery, and we were able to cover the cost of that. And um, it was only two th it was two thousand U.S. dollars, and it's because of people like you. I know many of your listeners have already been stepping up and supporting us, and so many Praise people be to have. Jesus. And they're saving lives, and it's sharing the gospel. One of the one of the uh, Afghan Christians that we're working with, um, he's in he's in um, New York City, and he's been one of our partners. His entire family was killed by the Taliban for being Christian. And he told me that he had lost his faith. I had met with him in D.C. this week. He told me that he he'd lost his faith. Uh, he confessed to me, and I said, Brother, of course you did, but you'll, re you'll find it again. You just fumbled the ball. Let's pick that back up. You know, it wouldn't be normal for you not to be lost and confused when everyone you've loved has been killed. Um, and he sent me a nice note um, yesterday saying that, you know, that he, he thanked me and said, you know, through the witness of all the Christians standing with us, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to start going back to church again. And, um, and, and uh, so we have to put ourselves in the shoes of these Christians. Um, oh, and this gentleman, the uncle that, that brought the faith to the family, um, he was in Pakistan when he found out that all of his Christian relatives were killed. Well, he was the one that was, you know, that had the courage to bring Christianity into his family and community. Wow. Well, when he found out that his whole family was killed, he hung himself oh, because he felt responsible for it. And this is what's going on. So, um, you know, I am, there's no, I, I want to share my Catholic faith with everyone. And I really believe that, that what we're doing right now, it's, we're doing it because we love them. We're doing it because we're compelled. A lot of times the Afghans will say, why do you do this? I say, I'm a Christian, and I think the Holy Spirit just compels me to do this. I wake mm. up compelled to serve you. It's my faith that compels me to serve you, and, and this is a witness. And I will say that it seems to be at the forefront of this are Catholics um, and evangelical Christians and, you know, and, and Jews, the Jewish community has really stepped up, but at the, really at the tip of the spear, the people that have most been most consistent are lay Catholics that I'm finding. Praise be to God. Um, 
Let's yeah. t- let's uh, we have uh, I don't know five four or five minutes left in our conversation with Jason Jones from the Vulnerable People Project. I, I also want to get in. Uh, let me give out the website again, if dear audience, if you could be helpful, if you could uh, assist by donating, that would be amazing. Uh, thegreatcampaign.org. dot org is the is that the best website, Jason? Yeah, thegreatcampaign.org. You, if you support there, uh, you, your money today will be saving lives. Your donation today will be saving lives tomorrow. Praise be to God, thegreatcampaign.org. Um, but uh, with a few minutes left on the clock, let's talk about your efforts to raise awareness for the Uyghurs. You've been going to these games, these sports games. <laughs> yeah, so this is what we normally do. You know, it's fun. I was in Washington, D.C. to meet with the ambassador from Brazil to the United States. But we've been doing this all over the country. The uh, China cuts the feed whenever they see anything about the Uyghurs, Tibet, Taiwan, or Hong Kong in an NBA game. So once we discovered this, we said, let's troll China. And we've been buying seats, the best seats, the cheap seats, and we've just been unfurling huge banners that say free Hong Kong. I've been working very closely with the Uyghur for many, many, many years. For those who don't know, sorrowfully, a lot of people don't know, it's the greatest genocide of the 21st century, 3 million People in concentration camps that are an ethnic and religious minority. China invaded their country in 1949 and has really ramped up this genocide. And so the NBA told the American spectator that our campaign efforts have already cost them $200 million. Wow. Praise be to God. uh, (laughs) Yeah, and we're just getting started. I can promise you that. We're, We're. we're going to, we're, you know, and we were, you know, Ennis Cantor of the Celtics has been a leader in this, and we just want to stand with him. And, you know, yeah. he has these shoes every game. He has a new that, pair yeah. of shoes that, that, you know, that try to educate people on what's happening in, in China. Yeah, it's utterly uh, horrible what, how they're treating these people. Organ harvesting, forced, uh, forced uh, relations with Chinese soldiers, with the wives back home. I mean, l- slave labor and the worst. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. And, and yet, who are the Uyghur people exactly? Because I honestly, I've I've heard many times the Uyghur people in in China are being enslaved, but actually, I don't even know who the Uyghur people are. Uh, the Uyghur are from a country predominantly called East Turkestan, and and right after China invaded Tibet, they invaded East Turkestan. They are they're ethnically Caucasian, Turkic, and Asian. Very you know very unique. Some will have blonde hair. You'll see Uyghurs with blonde hair, and then you'll see Uyghurs that look almost Chinese. Uyghurs that look Turkish. They were Nestorian Christians till the 14th century. They're really a, it's just a beautiful community of people that have suffered tremendously under totalitarian socialism. Uh, the greatest, there was a, uh, what's called the Baron Massacre in 1991. They refused to participate in the one-child policy, so the Chinese troops rolled into the country and rounded up every woman they could find, and they brought them to warehouses, and there was a massacre where they killed, they, they did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of forced abortions Wow! Um, at the same time. The only massacre, I hope, I pray it, the only massacre in the history of the world that took place in the womb, woman by woman, womb by womb, baby, preborn baby by preborn baby. You know, as someone who's been in the pro-life movement, the symbol of the Uyghur people that's on their dopa, the hat that they wear, is the symbol of the child in the womb. It's like... Uh, it's an artistic rendition of the of child in the womb. And I didn't know that until I'd been working with them for, for years. And uh, it was brought to my attention, you know, oh, by the way, do you know what our, this, this represents? And um, just thought was, was quite interesting. But, you know, and it's not just the Uyghur that are suffering in China. The Chinese were the first victim of the CCP. Mm-hmm. And they just disappeared the most, uh, you know, the number one 
tennis player in the world for for uh, accusing a Chinese Communist Party official for raping her. She has been disappeared. We've had our, a bishop uh, disappeared, and in, in one province, the bishop, his seminarians, and all of his priests have been arrested and rounded up. And so we need to raise our voice for the victims of the CCP, but but this genocide against the Uyghur is unimaginable. And why it's important for us to talk about it is if we were to run a blue light through our homes, we would see the blood of the Uyghur all over our house. Because if something was made in China, if it was a shirt, the cotton was picked by Uyghur slaves, electronics were manufactured by Uyghur slaves, uh, Nike, Coca-Cola, Costco, they've all been caught yep. um, hiring partners that use Uyghur slave labor. We're thinking about you, LeBron James. At any rate, Jason Jones from thegreatcampaign.org, thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. Look forward to having you back. Thanks for having me on. God bless you. Yeah, please help. Please help. Thegreatcampaign.org is the website. Check it out today and spread the news. We'll be right back. If you can join us in the second hour, we'd love to have you. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern tomorrow morning. If you can't, God love you and God bless you. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can watch live there or catch one of our live video feeds. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine said that his church takes the Bible literally, but that the Catholic Church doesn't. Is that true? Catholics actually interpret the Bible in a literal sense, while many fundamentalists, evangelicals, and others interpret the Bible in a literalist sense. The literal meaning of a passage of Scripture is the meaning the author of that passage of Scripture intended to convey. The literalist interpretation of a passage of Scripture is, that's what it says, that's what it means. Here's an example to illustrate the difference. If you were to read a passage in a book that said it was raining cats and dogs outside, how would you interpret that? As Americans in the 21st century, we know that the author was intending to convey the idea that it was raining pretty doggone hard outside. That would be the literal or Catholic interpretation. The literalist interpretation would be that were you to walk outside, you would actually see cats and dogs falling from the sky like rain. No taking into account the popularly accepted meaning of this phrase. No taking into account what the author was intending to convey. The words say it was raining cats and dogs, so by golly, it was raining cats and dogs. That is the literalist or fundamentalist way of interpretation. Now, if someone 2,000 years in the future picked up that same book and read it was raining cats and dogs outside, in order to properly understand that passage in the book, they would need a literal interpretation, not a literalist interpretation. Now, think about that in the context of interpreting the Bible 2,000 to 3,000 years after it was written. We need a literal or Catholic interpretation versus literalist or fundamentalist interpretation. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Good morning. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Jason Jones uh, about his efforts and his organization's efforts to rescue people out of Afghanistan. Crazy, really awesome stories, but heart-wrenching stories at the same time. And then his efforts to raise awareness for the plight of the Uyghurs that are being enslaved by these communist CCP government. Uh, their website is thegreatcampaign.org. I encourage you to check that out. But we'll be posting that conversation to our social feeds as well, so you can check them out. Everything's linked up on our website, uh, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Uh, we also had a great conversation last hour with Joe Poyman. He is the executive director of Texas Alliance for Life to catch up on the latest in pro-life news. Uh, the Supreme Court was expected to uh, sort of uh, rule against the Texas heartbeat bill yesterday. It did not happen, praise be to God. And so we conversated around that, plus the the fact that the uh, U.S. House passed a $2 trillion spending bill that does not include the Hyde Amendment, which is kind of a big deal, which means they're going to be forcing taxpayers to pay for uh, abortion. So it, a lot of going on in the headline news there, too. We'll be posting that conversation with Dr. Joe Poinman as well. Again, find all the links on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Praise be to God. Uh, did you get in on that uh, cash action uh, that fell on the highway there in California? Where you, Did you drive out there? <laughs> I don't know that you wish you did, because I think those people are going to go to prison, personally. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, good morning to you. Uh, praise be to Jesus. You're you're in Los Angeles, and which means right now it's probably still dark out there. <laughs> Everybody's asleep but you, by the grace of God. Wasn't that crazy, that conversation with Jason Jones? It's thegreatcampaign.org. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Well, looking forward to having him back. Speaking of great campaigns, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it? Yes. Praise be to God. And, you know, I think I might just have to go on a campaign. <laughs> Which campaign would you go on? I don't know. Pro-life campaign, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, go campaigning with the TFP. You know, it's not going to be all that long from now, actually, when the uh, the, mar- the march, the pro-life march in D.C. will happen. That's right. I'm going to try to get out there this year to the pro-life march. Um, I'm not sure how what I'm going to do. I'm thinking I'm going to contact the TFP and see if I can join them on their their trip to uh, to the March for Life. And I, I also, uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely March for Life. Everything's back in full force. So praise be to God. 
let's uh, show, let's act like we never missed a year. That was when we missed last year. I still went out to Austin uh, or Dallas, rather. I went to Dallas last year during uh, during the mm. lockdowns, and I was like, "This is is ridiculous." I mean, we're sure. lives are still being lost, and we're we should still be out there. So. Yeah, every capital usually has some sort of pro life march every year, yeah, especially so. Dallas, because that's where Roe v. Wade uh, was uh, originated. Was, originated. It came yeah. from Dallas, Texas. So yeah, for sure, we All have right. a lot of sins to pay for here. Well, praise be to God, Rudy. You got a good news for a story for us coming up. Nice. I love those. I love those tearjerker stories, you know. Like you know, I, I say like when you're scrolling through Facebook and it's like negative, 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 or Twitter. Twitter's worse, right? Negative, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, like cowboy stops to save a squirrel, you know, and it's like heart wrench, you know. <laughs> you know? It's just some story like cowboy that. stops. I, I to had save to make it up on mm-hmm. on the fly. Yeah, I remember that story. <laughs> yes, remember that story. I actually saw footage of I think it was a cop performing CPR on a squirrel. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I actually saw that video. It was pretty crazy. Yes, the squirrel made it. Praise be to God. Yeah. All right. So we're looking forward to our good news story coming up in a minute. We cover the heavier hitting stuff in the first hour. So if you like the the national headlines, well, you should tune into the first hour. In this hour, we like to keep it upbeat. And so we have a good news story for you. Plus, we do uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We do a little bit of reflection for you. And then we play Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show where prizes are at stake. Praise be to God. And uh, we are all learning firsthand the trickiness of Rudy. We don't know how tricky he is or isn't. Uh, so we're learning this as we go, but you could possibly win and you don't even need to know the answers to win. It's that much fun and easy. All you do need to do is make a phone call at the appropriate time. I will give you that phone number when that time comes, but if you want to hedge your bet, go to the website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you will be able to find the rules, the regulations. Just click on the uh, fear and trembling link and you'll also find the phone number. Let's pray and dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos.
The saint of the day, I first want to mention Blessed Miguel Pro. Let's think of him today. But the saint of the day today is Saint Columbanus. He was born in 559, and as a young man who was greatly tormented by temptations of the flesh, he sought the advice of a religious woman who had lived as a hermit for many years. She warned him that if he wished to maintain his purpose of self-conquest, he must fly to a region where girls are less beautiful and seductive than Ireland. Save thyself, young man, and fly. His resolution was formed, and he decided on going away. One day, while he wandered in the depths of the wood, bearing a volume of the Holy Scripture on his shoulder, and back then the Holy Scriptures were massive, and meditating whether the ferocity of beasts was not better than the rage of men, he saw a dozen wolves surround him. He remained motionless, repeating the words Deus Senatorium, which means, God, come to my assistance. The wolves smelt his garments and passed on their way without molesting him. He pursued, he pursued his way, and a few steps further on, he heard a voice of a band of Swabian robbers who wasted the country. He did not see them, but he thanked God for having preserved him from the, the maw of the wolf and the less merciful hand of man. An article of his rule ordained that the monk should go to rest so fatigued that he would be ready to fall asleep on his way to bed and should rise before he had slept off his weariness. It was at the cost of this excessive and perpetual labor that the wilderness which had spread over the ruins of Roman civilization was restored to cultivation and life. He was one of the greatest evangelists of Ireland. He died in 615 after moving into a cave to spend the rest of his days. St. Columbanus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 11. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place. And awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great said, Behold the variableness of the climate, which must be ascribed to those storms, which by no means regard the order of the seasons. For the things which come in fixed order are not signs. For everything that we receive for the use of life we pervert to the service of sin. But all those things which have been bent to a wicked use are turned to the instruments of our punishment. Close quote. St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, real quick, I wanted to uh, steal something from Jesse Romero and Terry Barber in their show. They, uh, they commonly make the joke. They say, you know... 
with global warming is real and it's coming. It's going to come from heaven. And uh, that's a, that's a great point because, you know, fire from heaven will rain down. And, you know, at the end of the world, they, they, there will be global warming and it won't be the kind of global warming everyone else is thinking of. But the one thing about Cornelius Lapide here, he's making the point that, you know, the signs from heaven that's going to precede the end of the world are going to be obvious. It's going to be something that's undeniable. And so all of these predictions of the end of the world, well, unless it's as obvious as it has happened in the past and, and as obvious as it was for the destruction of Jerusalem, then it's not going to be the end of the world as we see it. Cornelius Lapide says, Fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven that these shall precede the destruction of the world it is plain from the apocalypse chapter eight and nine. It is equally certain that they preceded the destruction of Jerusalem for one, a dreadful comet in the shape of a sword hung over Jerusalem a whole year before its destruction. So we got to look forward to something along those lines. Two, at the Passover, when the people were gathered together, three hours after midnight, a light as bright as noonday shone for half an hour in the temple. So we got to look forward to something something like that. A bullock or a bull that was about to be offered in sacrifice brought forth a lamb. That's number three. And he has a whole list of number of other things that we don't have time to get into. And so my point simply being here is that Cornelius, according to Cornelius Lapide, it's not going to be some kind of subtle, esoteric, uh, little kind of uh, <laughs> symbol yeah. that's going to be like, oh, you know, that, that, that guy, his name is, is Jesus. And he also kind of looks like what I think a Middle Eastern Jesus would look like. And therefore, he's probably the Antichrist. It's not going to be something super esoteric that we can't, that we're trying to decipher. It's going to be obvious, like a bull giving birth to a lamb. That's going to be like, that's impossible. <laughs> that, that could only happen from a sign from God. So my point being, don't be afraid about the end of the world coming. It's probably not going to be during our lifetime. But do worry because our end of the world will happen sooner rather than later. So let's prepare. Yes, live in a state of grace. Go to confession right now if you could, but as soon as possible at any rate. All right, it's time to play our game. Fear, I hate to say it now, after talking about the end of the world. Fear and trembling is coming up next, but don't fear and don't tremble. It's a lot of fun. It's a Catholic trivia game show where we do have a lot of fun and we do give out prizes. Praise be to God. And that is happening next. The phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open and ready for your call at 877-757-9424. Fear and trembling is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. 
The point James is making in James 2, 10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. Praise be to God. I will only tell you my secrets if you promise not to tell anybody else what I'm about to tell you. Deal? We, there are a few things we like to do during the uh, trivia segment of our show. Praise be to Jesus. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. And that's always a good thing, right? Praise God. And number two, we like to have fun with our callers. They tend to be really a lot of fun. They're good sports. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that part. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, well, let me explain something to you. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but here's the kicker. Here's the catch. We don't ask the caller these questions. So they don't need to know the answers, and they could still win the game. The reason why is because instead of asking them, and I will ask Rudy, and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, and the other will be incorrect. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? Rudy or Adrian, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Praise be to Jesus. And this week's prize is generously sponsored by Painted Sanctuary, which you can find on Etsy's uh, shop, etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Painted Sanctuary. They are giving us a set of five assorted nativity printing Catholic Christmas cards, faith-inspired. They're blank cards, which means you can write your own sentiments inside. But on the outside, beautiful artwork, original from Nativity, the Visitation, St. Mary Magdalene, Mary and Jesus. It's going to be amazing. There are five by seven cards printed on 100-pound uncoated paper, generously given to you in perfect time for your sending these cards to your loved ones for Christmas. Praise be to Jesus. Which, by the way, doesn't start until after Advent. Advent first, then Never mind. I'm uh, already listening to Christmas mm-hmm. music. Pa- pa- stop it. Painted Sanctuary, thank you for your generous sponsorship of our program. Let's go to the phones. And uh, Anne-Marie, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Now, I, this is Anne-Marie, our friend from Germantown, Maryland, correct? 
That's right. Nice. And she's the one who always throws the curveballs every Sherathon with uh, these Marian Apparition challenges. Now, just between us, Emery, nobody else, it's just you and me, what source do you use? Uh, any source I can. <laughs> oh. every, whenever I come across one, they're coming my missile, they're on the internet, they're everywhere. I see. So there's not one go-to cheat sheet well, that I could possibly have at my disposal. No. Darn it. Okay. That, that, that just gives up the whole thing for the game. The game uh, is a all right, all right, fair enough, fair enough, praise be to God. Now, it's been a long time since you played Fear and Trembling. Now, uh, since the last time, we have a new member, uh, Rudy Carlos is on with us, and, you know, he's, we don't know how tricky he is. We haven't figured him out yet, so, uh, Anne-Marie, are you ready? I am, but I find that the trickiest one is you. What? Yeah. No, No, of course not. There you go. I am on your side. I'm here to advocate for you. The truth comes out. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting concept. I am here to get you into that cup. Let's play the game. We're going to go to Rudy first. Rudy, are you ready? Are you sure? Are you sure? Rudy, can you tell me, what do we mean when we say that God is almighty? Okay, okay, all things? All of them, I like that. Uh, Let's just see what Adrian has to say here. Adrian, can you tell me, what do we mean when we say that God is almighty? You can't fool me. I listened to uh, to Christian music. I read, I saw in a song, I heard in a song, uh-huh. that God is mighty to save. So obviously it means that God is saving. It, he's saving. That's what yeah, that means. That's what almighty means. Like, that's all? Yeah. It's just saving. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what the song said. Mm, he must he be is true. mighty to save. Mighty, mighty, mighty rem- to save. I remember that too. Yeah. I remember that Good too. stuff there. Good stuff. All right. So, uh, 10 out of 10. Well, our God is an awesome God. At Amen. any rate, Amen, uh, let's brother. see what Emery. Emery, here's the deal. Let me see if I can clarify for you. Uh, when asked, what does it mean uh, when God is almighty? Adrian says it means that he saves. Whereas Rudy says that he can do all things. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne Marie, what say you? Our Lord and God can do all things. Survey says. Oh, Whoa, sorry, my I'm bad. That guy. There you go. Wow. My uh, my Ooh. buttons are too close to each other. Was I that, got confused. Is that what we call a Freudian a slip? Little, little mix up. Little mix up. It's a. Uh, it's a finger slip, not a Freudian slip. I see, I see, I see. Well, congratulations, Emery. You are correct. In fact, he can do all things, not some things. But all things. Not most things? Not even most things. He can do all things. Wow. All things. If our Lord can heal us, so can our our God. Yay and amen. All right, here we go. Uh, Second question. We're going to go in with Adrian this time. Dangerous. Uh, Adrian. That's me. What material is the pattern made from? The pattern. That's the thing that they hold underneath the mouth whenever they distribute communion, no? (laughs) Did you mean yes or... No. Yes? Yes. I'm confused. Is that what yes. we're talking about? And in fact, it is that little plate-looking thing oh, okay. that's held okay. underneath our chins when we receive Holy Communion yes. on the tongue. Yes, that has to be made out of silver or gold. Silver or gold. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Silver or gold. Uh, Rudy, let's ask you. Can you tell me what material is the patent made from? Wow. Like the my knuckles <laughs> that I have at home and not with me. <laughs> okay. So, brass. Because it, it can look like that. I mean, I've seen some. It's possible, anyway. Um, hmm. Here's the deal, Anne-Marie. Uh, Rudy seems to think that the patent is made from brass, whereas Adrian insists it must be made from either silver or gold. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne-Marie, what say you? Our Lord deserves the best silver and gold. Yay and amen. Nailed it. Easy. Yeah, praise be to God. No finger slips that time. Doug Brass, Rudy. Good grief. I'm surprised you didn't say Pottery Barn. And and by the way, he doesn't like to be put in your hand. Amen. Yay and amen. All right, you are... I want my communion reel back. (laughs) You are (laughs) in for two, Anne-Marie. You're in for two. I think we can get you in there for a third uh, time here. This could be... mm, This could be a a tricky question. I'm not sure. Uh Uh, We're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy? Can you tell me vessels containing water and wine utilized during Holy Mass are called what? Cruets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Were you an altar server, Rudy? Really? Okay. Okay. So I guess you should know then. Uh, let's just see what Adrian has to say. Just to get a second opinion anyway. Adrian, can you tell me? Mm-hmm. Vessels containing water and wine utilized during Holy Mass are called what? Vessels containing water and wine utilized during Mass are called what? Hmm. hmm. I'm going to go with an amice. An amice? An amice. An amice. Yes, an amice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not a crew, it's an amice. An amice. Okay. Uh, Anne-Marie, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think that these vessels containing water and wine during Holy Mass are called an amice, whereas Rudy says they are called cruets. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne-Marie, what say you? I have cruets in the chapel in the house. So your answer is Rudy, then? Yeah. Survey says... Of course. What's an amice, Adrian? An amice is the uh, the cloth. It's usually it's made of linen, and the priest will wear it over their heads and then put it down and wrap it around. So it's the first thing they put on when they're getting uh, ready for Mass. Yeah, praise be to God. Perfect score, Anne-Marie. Three, three perfect answers. You're in the coffee cup three times. Could win. Uh, how do you feel, Anne-Marie? I feel great. Um, I'm looking forward to next week, though. Let me tell you. You have a list? I've been studying up. I've got a lot of new ones. Who do you got on your list? Just, just tell me. Who, who's on your list? What do you? What, what, what? Marian apparitions sneak do you want to go sneak with? Sneak peek. Okay, here's the thing. I can go for anywhere from forty cents on up to nineteen hundred. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, sit down. I think Anne Marie's the know, trickiest of all the tricky people. You know, that's a uh, it narrows it down by like a hundred years, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Forty cents to nineteen hundred. All right, Anne Marie. Praise be to God. Congratulations. You're in the coffee cup. We're gonna have to see. T- I just found out, Joe, that there is a Marian apparition that happened while Our Lady was still alive. Yes, yes I know of I that know one. one too. Uh, so use that one. I yeah, like that one. I know one. this one. <laughs> Either way, 
We may have to. We're going to pull the winner for uh, this prize this week tomorrow. So tune back in tomorrow morning. See if it be God's will that you should win. But God love you, Anne-Marie. We're always grateful for your generous support and fun Marian Apparition games. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show today. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you to Jason Jones from uh, and uh, the Vulnerable People Project, thegreatcampaign.org, for his heroic work. Thank you to Joe Poyman for his work. Uh, for saving babies, Texas Alliance for Life. You can find them at TexasAllianceForLife.org as well. We're going to go to the after show. If you can join us, we'd love to have you. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a lot more casual about our conversation. And you get to drive that conversation, praise be to Jesus. Um, All you got to do is comment, let us know what you want to talk about, and we will discuss that to the best of our abilities anyway. Uh, Good morning to you, William Hemsworth. Praise be to God. Good morning to see you. Clarissa, Clarissa was, uh, you know, Clarissa's a CDT insider hanging out with us every morning. She's got to go back to work, so keep her in your, her prayers. Keep her in your prayers today uh, because today's the first day she, she has to go back, which means she's not with her baby, and uh, that's heart-wrenching for, for moms, right? So, uh, so pray for Clarissa today. The Burrier family is here. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Uh, let's see who else is here. Uh, rah, 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 rah. Christopher Chance, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Tammy, good morning to you. We like to see you here every day. Praise be to Jesus. Joaquin and Lori and Monica Cortez, good morning to you. Patty was on. We always love that. Melanie, good morning to you. Gloria Diane Lopez, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, I'm scrolling backwards, scrolling backwards. Let's see. Buddy, good morning to you. June, good morning to you. Glenn, Glenn Trance, good to see you back. I haven't seen you in a while, Glenn. Hope you're doing all right. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you for, for all you do, my friend. Uh, of course, our friend Mike is on with us over on Odyssey. It's always great to see Mike. Praise be to Jesus. Anne Marie was fun today. Anne Marie, so I don't know if you caught what we were talking about or joking about with Anne Marie, but Anne Marie, every single Sherathon. So Sherathons are four times a year. The Guadalupe Radio Network stops everything we're doing and jumps on the radio across all of our 39 radio stations, well, at least the English sides, and we do the Spanish side separately. We own 39 stations. And uh, we stop, and we say, listen, we need your help, dear listener, to keep the doors open, the lights on, and Catholic radio waves flowing. So we, we raise the funds that make it possible for us to continue our radio postulate. We do that four times a year. It's called share And so listeners across the network call in, and they pledge support. So Anne-Marie has a tradition, she's been at this for a while now, where she calls in her pledge, her pledge, her, you know, her financial contributions in bite-sized chunks, but she always does it with a Marian challenge. So the value of her pledge equals a year that relates to a Marian apparition, and she challenges the on-air staff 
to figure out what that apparition was. And our problem is, well, we have to continue to talk and think and act and conduct the share while at the same time trying to figure out what that Marian apparition is. It's, it's a big challenge. It's always a lot of fun, though. And we enjoy listening, and we only, we enjoy having Anne Marie a part of the team. Praise be to God. So, uh, so uh, it was cool to see Anne Marie call in today for the game show. It's been a while. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Uh, earlier, we were talking about uh, turkey versus ham. How many uh, turkey lovers are out there versus ham lovers? Let us know in the comments. Uh, let's see. Burrier family here says, I don't know, there was a Marian apparition while our Blessed Mother was still uh, living. Yes, it's true. It happens in the mid-40s A.D. It's Our Lady of Pilar. It's a cool story. Our Lady appears to St. James in Spain. Uh, Our Lady of Pilar. Very cool story. Uh, but of course, yeah, and technically it's a bilocation, not an apparition, because she had not yet gone into her into our dormition. So she was simply bilocating. But of course, if St. Padre Pio can bilocate, our Blessed Mother can do greater things. Yay and amen. Yay and amen. Um, I have to... Uh, why, why do you resist typing it, Christopher Chance? There's no need to resist. It's fine. We're not, it's not share we can, we can certainly answer that, those questions today. Now, Rudy, I, forgot, I almost forgot you were there, my friend. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to forget you were there. It's just that I got focused and then I don't see your video, so I just kind of lost track. But uh, were you familiar with Our Lady Pilar? Oh, really? How cool. It is a very cool story. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, and she, um, you know, I don't. Maybe you can look it up and then we'll share that. Uh, but I just remember the fact that she bilocated and she appears on top of a pillar, which is why she's called her Lady of Pillar or Pilar. And, um, and it was uh, while she was still alive and uh, appeared to St. James in Spain. Which, by the way, uh, you know, many people don't, uh, speaking of Spain, so when we finish the book of Acts in the New Testament, we just, many people who study scripture or read scripture, they kind of think that, that the book of Acts ends with the beheading of St. Paul in Rome uh, in the mid-60s. That's not true. Uh, when, when the book of Acts ends, we don't get the rest of the story. And in fact, according to tradition, St. Paul is released from prison, and he, he actually goes on to travel into Spain. And then he obviously makes his way back to Jerusalem, gets arrested again, and then is, is hauled back to, to Rome and eventually loses his head at Tre Fontane, bouncing three times there in Tre Fontane outside of Rome. And every place his head bounced, a spring wells up. You can go see them today there. Well, you can obviously if you're... I guess, fully vaxxed with your green pass, because that's kind of what they require these days. Um, at any rate. Yeah. I wonder what the Blessed Mother would have said to encourage him. I can. I just see. All I can hear is the voice of my senior drill instructor, right now from the Rinko Boot Camp. You know, trying to trying to encourage me, you know, with soft, eloquent tomes of "suck it up, Buttercup," laced with expletives. Our, Our Lady would never say that, right? She would never do that. She would be much more gentle and kind and and uh, gracious than uh, senior drill instructor Sergeant Mercado. Uh, Jeff Burrier says he signed up to be a volunteer for Sherathon. Praise be to God. Thank you for doing that, Jeff. That's important. 
to the to support the local Catholic radio stations. You know the the crazy thing about Sherathons. Now this is this is actually now that I'm thinking about it, kind of yikes. So share the one thing about Sherathons is we we all host our call centers in our studio locations. So we have studios all over the country, and um, each market recruits volunteers. We bring them in. They answer the phones from the callers making the pledges, and they enter the pledge information into a computer. And uh, we all get food to feed those volunteers. And it's usually like a massive spread of crazy food and, and you eat really well. Well, the problem is we're, it's, thir- it's Thanksgiving week. So we're all going to go eat a bunch of food. And the next week we're going to eat a bunch more food. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the next two weeks, I'm like, I'm, I'm scared. I don't I, I, cause I, it's my, that's my weakness is obviously being in front of a pile of food. is not easy for me. It's easier if it's not in front of me. Then it's hard. it's easy to resist food when it when it's not like right in your face, right? So when they bring in the donuts and and the kolaches and and all of the the really yummy junk food, boy, it's hard it's hard to resist that. It's hard to resist. We're gonna have to be heroic. Christopher Chance says the Acts of the Apostles was written circa fifty nine A.D. Well, that depends, Christopher, on which biblical scholar you're referring to. Are we talking about musicals? <clears throat> yes, of course we're talking about musicals. We're talking about. Uh, what musical do we want to talk about? We're talking about the the musical of uh, Saint Cecilia's Heart. <laughs> you know, her feast day was yesterday. Uh, oh, I went to Saint Bartholomew's last yesterday. I feel set up. I feel totally set. I up. went to I've Saint Bartholomew's last night and uh, for mass for the feast of Saint Cecilia, and it was a, they had a beautiful high mass. Um, but one thing though, I was just like so upset. I was so upset. They did the the readings. In the vernacular, <laughs> during the liturgy, like they didn't like you know normally they come they do the 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 Where was this? Li- at Saint Bartholomew's. Oh, yeah. They did the mass, and normally you would you do the mass, you do the readings in yeah. in Latin, and then you would repeat them in the vernacular. Yeah, they did them in vernacular during the liturgy, <clears throat> but not cool. only did they do them during the liturgy, but they did the first the, the epistle in English, and the gospel in Spanish. And I'm like, I don't know Spanish. So, like, <laughs> half the people couldn't understand one of yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, what's the point of doing it in the vernacular when half the people can't even understand it? And what vernacular are we referring to? Exactly. Now, if we were in Mexico, I'd expect it to be in Spanish. Right. If we were in Spain, I'd expect it to be in Spanish. If we're in Vietnam, I'd want to hear some Vietnamese. I was going to say English, but yeah. In Vietnamese Eng- makes more sense. <laughs> you want English in Vietnam? Well, I just want English in general because, you know. It's me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I see where you're going. Mm-hmm. I see where you're going. But that's my that's exactly my point though. It's like no matter where I go, I mean, the liturgy is gonna be if it's in the vernacular, Whoa. then I'm never gonna know what's going on. Oh. And it, it drives me nuts. Hold on. Uh oh. Stop the presses. Uh oh. What? On, I'm scared. Oh, oh wow. What are we this talking is this about? is huge. Uh Amber Carey over on Odyssey is saying this year they're having brisket instead of turkey. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's like it's like sacrilegious, Amber Carey. Mm, wrong, wrong one, dude. It's this one. Is that the one? That's the one. Twilight Zone. That's the one. That's where we're. I at. mean, I do want to come over and taste the brisket. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, um, brisket Kinda over weird. turkey. Kind of mm. weird. That's a break. yeah. That is a break from tradition. <laughs> I'm a traditionalist. I eat turkey on Thanksgiving, even though I don't like turkey that much. Excellent but even though I don't like turkey that much. I still eat turkey because I'm a traditionalist. You're a traditionalist, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Amber Carey, you got to br- provide at least some some samples for the team here to to really understand more deeply and 
about uh, why brisket over turkey. Yeah, I don't even like turkey that much, but there you go. You liked what, Rudy? She didn't say smoked brisket, but I'm, I guess it makes a fair like assumption, right? And like, also, it depends on where you're from. It depends on uh, whether ooh. or not what your brisket is, what you she, count as brisket. She is saying smoke. She's saying 14 hours. Oh, she must smoke. be Texan. <laughs> are we talking mesquite? Or like what kind of, uh, what are we using to smoke that turkey, Amber Carey? What's the flavor profile? What does that I, mean? I actually would love to start learning how to smoke. Uh, I, you want to learn how to smoke. Before. I thought you didn't like smoking. I don't. I don't. I did smoke when I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I smoked the big old camels. Like they look like, they look like, you know. Cannons are like, you know, huge, massive cigarettes, the camels. But uh, as soon as I got out of the Marine Corps, my lungs started hurting. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. No y'all, more. Did, y'all, did y'all should see uh, Jeff's comment? I don't know what y'all read, what y'all didn't read. But Jeff said, uh, Sean got me to sign up to take calls on Friday afternoon for the share Oh, okay. That. Y'all read yeah. it. Hey, praise be to God. Praise Thanks, to Jeff, God. For, your, for your help. Uh, Ten, Ten Dao said, I don't recall ever hearing any mass in French in Vietnam. During the colonial times, the mass would have been in Latin. Amen. That's exactly Amen. right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would have always like it just makes sense. I mean, every time that's one of the things. Like we, when I was growing up and I was going to Catholic school, one of the things about the liturgy that was told to us was, you know, the great thing about being Catholic is that the the word Catholic means universal, and our mass is universal. So any Catholic church you go to in the world is going to be the same mass everywhere you go. But that's not that's not even it's not true though. And I was so shocked whenever I started going other places and they would say, oh, but the substance is the same. Even if it's in different language and different this, different that, it's still the substance is the same. Well, yes, that's true. Technically, that is true. But I'm going to different places and they're doing mass. And like if I go to, to mass with my friend who's Vietnamese, they're going to be they're going to Vietnamese martyrs church. And it's in Vietnamese. I don't know what's going on. If I go to a Spanish church, which I grew up going to a church. That was predominantly Mexican. I didn't speak any Spanish, so I, I could. We went to the one English mass, and the English people, mass people, and the Spanish mass people never met. Um, and th- that's not a thing with the Latin mass because it actually is universal. The only thing you're missing would be the sermon. The sermon would be in vernacular, but it's like, okay, that's fine. I can live with that. But the rest of liturgy is in Latin. And you were in a universalize it. You're all in the same playing field. And if you're happen to be uh, disabled by being deaf or something, well, you're still in the same playing field. Cause it's not like, like for the, for the new mass, if you don't know how to, like, if you can't hear, then you can't participate. And if you can, you can't do the replies, you can't sing the songs and it feels horrible. It feels horrible to be in that situation. But at the Latin mass, everything, everyone's on the same playing field and you can actively participate, not by singing the songs and doing the replies and things like that. I mean, you can, if you want to, but you don't have to, you can actively participate by uniting yourself to the Holy sacrifice at Calvary. And it's, and it really is universal. You know, I do agree. I think it's uh, amazing how the Latin Mass is a unifying factor for for the Roman Rite Catholics, for for sure. Um, it's the universal language of the Church, and it is binding because we all come from different parts. We all talk different, speak different languages, and uh, and yet we're we're unified in hearing the Holy Mass in in Latin. I think it's fantastic. I will say this though: I before I started attending a TLM, I've been to Mass and in uh, Portuguese, I've been to Mass in Spanish, I've been to Mass in Italian, 
I'm not sure if I've been to Mass in any other language, but besides English, of course. And I did feel like I could generally know where I was at during the Holy Mass in each of those languages. I didn't feel totally lost. Um, you know, I didn't speak those languages, but I didn't feel lost during them as a result. I felt lost at Japanese Mass. I didn't go to a Japanese Mass, so maybe I would have felt lost for that. But, but in the languages that I have been to, I didn't feel lost. But it, when I went to Mass in Rome... Uh, with the Pope. It was a very intimate Mass. It was just me. It was uh, Benedict and his red shoes. And 10,000 other people. It was 50,000. but oh, uh, that's close. But other than that, you know, and then um, then they say Mass. When the, those kind of people Masses, they'll say Mass in three different languages They'll at the same time, which has always been an annoyance to me, right? Like, pick one and go with it. If it's not in English, so be it. But college you is saying this part in this language and this part in that language. I don't know. I just find that annoying. I feel like none of the community is 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 truly connected because we're only getting a small little sample, you know. And and that's part of the reason why I think Latin is just another obvious reason uh, to to make it the standard because it does unify. And my little parish. I mean, it's a microcosm of the world. I, next to me are people who don't speak great English, and well, they're Spanish speakers. We have Asian people there. We have African people there. Um, we've got Indian people there. We've got people from all over the world. It's a small little microcosm, but we're all there hearing the Holy Mass unified together, and our language is not the barrier. It's amazing. Praise be to God. So I, I do love that. I wanted to point out, too, Mike points out uh, – you know, uh, pain is a is a sign of weakness leaving the body. Boy, do does that bring back memories? How many times, you know, while doing, you know, we used to do a thing, Mike, in boot camp. Even the Navy did this. We they call it make it rain, where you shut all the hatches and and you know the windows and the doors, and then you would do calisthenics until it physically rained from the ceiling. So the humidity level would increase so much from the sweat of all those doing the exercises that it would begin to drip off the fixtures in the ceiling. We call it make it rain. And boy, we'd be there for hours, and we'd hear that we'd hear that being shouted. Pain is a sign of weakness leaving the body. Anyway, um, let's go back to uh, smoking meat again. Mike points out that what could be better than Texas beef on Thanksgiving, especially smoked. I, I don't know how many times you've had smoked meat before, but like I had, and I was speaking at a, I did a parish mission up in Alaska a couple of years ago. And uh, some one of the parishioners, after I finished my last talk, gave me some smoked salmon to bring home. Greatest salmon I'd ever had on planet Earth. Smoking anything just makes it infinitely better. So, so Smoking while eating anything makes everything better. Wait, what? Wait, what? No, smoke the turkey, too. How about that? Smoke the turkey. That'd be, that'd be pretty amazing. Air fry your turkey. <laughs> That's a great point, Rudy. That's a great point. I, I really Deep thoughts by Rudy Amen, Carlos. Brothers. <laughs> We need we need lovely background music while he's while he's pontificating. Rudy, you should have uh, started your. Uh, I was thinking about this during your um, good news segment. I was like, you know, it'd be really funny if he was started this by saying this is a a classic Rudy story. Yeah, <laughs> classic Rudy story. <laughs> Becoming a sugar cookie. I don't think I've heard of that one. In the, when I went to Navy boot camp in Great Lakes, it was we did uh, submarine duty where we had to uh, we had to. Pretend like we were diving deep underneath every rack, <laughs> and it was it was kind of a crazy thing. But what is sugar cookie? I don't remember that one, other than being tempted by them by my drill instructor to see if I would bite on the on his bait so that he could torture me for a few hours. Uh, uh, Jeff said, "Yep, my pastor. 
tried to switch between English and his Irish Spanish during my daily mass yesterday. If it was in Latin, we'd all get it. Yep. Yep, yep. It's very cringe sometimes. Uh, Tin Dao said, I actually enjoy the Mass in different languages. I just came back from my personal pilgrimage in Europe, and I really enjoy Mass in Italian, Spanish, French. To me, the beauty is in our diversity. Well, we have diversity, and that would be in the different rites of the church. So we have the Silomelobar rite, the Syriac, the Melkite, the Maronite. The Anglican. Um, the awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and the... Uh, <laughs> It triggered, uh, <laughs> uh, but the, I know uh, where the button is, yeah, and I Joe, can push it yeah, whenever I, I want. I, re- I refuse to respond. <laughs> I am holding my tongue. Um, but no, I, th- I think yeah, there is, we do have diversity in the church, and that's in our different rights. But all of our rights should be unified, um, and and that's why I mean, for instance, the Dominican Order created the Dominican right, so that way the Dominican friars anywhere they went in the world because they were preachers, they were constantly traveling. They would be able to have the, the a united a united liturgy with one another wherever they went around the world um, because during that time period we should uh, I don't know people may not be interested uh, I would be super interested we should do I was saying we should do a whole show on like the history of the liturgy um, because the yeah. the whenever the Dominican rite was being developed during that time period there was actually no set liturgy that was universalized in the latin rite they also used latin but there were minor differences that were going on throughout the world and it was usually local to what that bishop a local bishop was up to and so that's why the dominican rite needed to develop when it did um but it's a it's a whole thing it's very interesting yeah praise be to god our uh legionis says joe gives me flashbacks flashbacks whenever he talked about the marine corps I too smoked camel wides at one point. The bad, good old days. Yeah, good grief! Those things were, they were, they were not very long, but they were just thick, like miniature cigars. For crying out loud, man, those things! I started out smoking a pipe, though. I, I stole a pipe. Nice. I stole a. I stole a Pipes. pipe from my dad uh, before I went to the Marine Corps, and I Pipes smoked a pipe for a long time. But uh, in the Marine, in the, in the military, you end up smoking cigarettes because it's the easiest to manage, right? Or dipping, which I tried that too, but I just think I got sick on that. Tastes gross. But honestly, I remember waking up one morning and my lungs were hurting. I'm like, I'm done. And that was the last day I ever smoked a cigarette. Praise be to God. Uh, By the grace of God, I haven't been back. That was many years ago now. David L. from New Hampshire, praise be to Jesus, says, Good morning, CDT team. I once went to a mass in Oslo, Norway. Even though it was in Norwegian, I could easily follow along. Didn't get much out of the homily, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. But praise be to God. You know, I would love to go to uh, Norway, Norway someday. I'd love to visit Norway or Sweden. That'd be amazing. I'd like to visit a lot of places. There may be still Stay a church. chance. There may still be a chance to go to Sweden because I think their COVID reaction mm. is pretty mild compared cope, to the rest cope, of cope, europe cope, cope cope what i said cope 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 what cope cope zero <laughs> the <laughs> cope in the humoral veil or what are we talking about here Cope. <clears throat> okay anyway uh tin dow says i actually enjoyed the mass in different languages i just came yeah, back from that. oh you did mm-hmm. well then i won't read it again then praise be to god I refuse uh, to read it twice, Tendia. No, I'm kidding. Gloria said, yes, Adrian, do it. Uh, would it. Would people be interested in that? I don't know if we do it on the show or maybe I'll just do it privately. Um, yeah, let me know. Would you be interested in a show on the history of the liturgy 
or something like that. The organic development of the liturgy, something like that. Yeah, I'm sure we could do it. <clears throat> uh, let's see, what else? I bet we can't get Alcum Reed on. Uh, Mike says, so a sugar cookie is getting pounded on the beach. Oh, wow, we never called that a sugar cookie, cookie, but we did get pounded on the beach many times. Of course. What does that mean, pounded the, on the beach? Y- you like know, they beat you up, or what does that mean, well, pounded depends. on the beach? It depends. It depends on uh, who's, who's looking at the time. Yikes. Of course, the sand sticks, yes. Now, we had... Uh, now, let me finish reading it first. It says, of course, the sand sticks to the sweat, and you look like a sugar cookie when it's all over. Oh. All the sand. You know, now that you say that, I think I've heard that t- said that way about buds. They look like sugar cookies. I, we don't, that's not a term we ever used. But um, we actually had sand pits at, right outside our barracks. So right on the other side of the barrack door was a sand pit. And there were sand pits all over UCM, uh, 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 the Recruit Depot, San Diego. And I'm sure the same thing is true for Paris Island. And uh, they'd always take us to the pit, and they would exercise us there vigorously, and they'd make us roll around in the, in the, in the sand and get all dirty, and everything would be crazy and <clears throat> ugly. I now, hate sand. Th- what, what freaked me out most at the beginning of that process was they would not, we could not run to the sand pits. We had to walk. But it was the fastest walking I had ever seen in my entire life. Speed walkers don't walk this fast. I could not believe these drill instructors could move the way they did while not running. I mean, it was so insane. We would have a hard time keeping up just for that. And then we'd get to the sand pit, and then they would just, you know, pound us for, for a good long time. Uh, Mike goes on to say, I think drill instructors come up with interesting ways to torture recruits. Yes, I think they enjoy it, unfortunately. Yikes. <clears throat> That's awkward. What's Tammy say? That would be an interesting show. Well, there you go, Adrian. Well, there Af- you go. Affirmation. Affirmation. There you go. Uh, Art Legiona says, we used to do the sand pit in boot camp. Yeah. Yeah, sand pits are crazy. I don't miss that at all. At all. Let's see. I, don't, I don't, also don't miss running on the beach. Man, that was rough. Running on the beach, boy, that, that really makes your thighs want to burst into flames. You Hollywood Marines did not have it as easy as the Paris Island guys think. Ah. Plus, you had to run up and down the mountains, Ooh, says yeah. Mike. Yeah, we had to run up and down uh, the, uh, the Grim Reaper. I'll never forget the Grim Reaper. As long as I live, I will always remember the Grim Reaper. And I'll always remember Joe telling stories about the Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. The good bad old days. Mm. The Grim Reaper. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess boot camp's my St. Thomas High School. Uh, you know, because like in in Houston, Texas, you'll meet people who are like well, anywhere in Texas, sixty years old, yeah. seventy years old, or however old. They're like grown Graduated men from Harvard University. Yeah, they're grown men Yale. with like multiple degrees. They've owned and operated billion dollar businesses, and then and they'll they they don't tell you about any of that. They'll tell you about their high school, St. Thomas the High School. Amen, brother. And you're like, really, Rudy? When you high come school? to Houston, the first place there are two places I need to take you to. One is gallery furniture and two is st thomas high school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i when i was giving a tour of uh, houston to one of a friend of mine i took her to gallery furniture and they're like why are you taking me to a furniture store <laughs> and i was like i was like you don't understand it's you, will. you will you will understand the monkeys the monkeys it's for the monkeys the monkeys <laughs> and the uh, the free food and the food court and the amazing artwork uh, like Mattress Mac has stained glass windows. Yeah, <laughs> he purchased from old churches. Yeah, Mac, Mac is a crazy man. Yeah, 
It's pretty awesome. Yeah, praise be to God. So gallery furniture is going to be one of the stops that we make in Houston, just so you know. <laughs> you got a whole tour, tour cool. planned for the guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have all the stops. You and your wife are going to get the grand tour. The grand tour. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adrian, you should take Uh-oh. him to UST Chapel. <sighs> Is that on the tour, Adrian? Uh, dude, UST I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to run them off, dude. Maybe, maybe in like a month after he's settled and he can't. Right. Once his uh, the lease is up and he's already paid his, his down payment, he signed the lease. He can't get out of he it. Can't get out of it. Then I might take him to UST and show him the chapel. The only Catholic University in Houston. Yes, kind of. Hmm. Uh, Ten Dow said, "Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy Latin Mass too, but too many people at my parents' age in Vietnam they could not afford an education in the local that alone, in the local that alone that teach Latin. I suppose so. Latin itself becomes a barrier. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know Latin and attend Latin I Mass. I didn't. And there's, I mean, do, do you do you know Latin now? No. Yeah. So there you go. So, so I will so. say this though. I, I've always felt like within the traditional movement." That's been growing, praise be to God. Uh, many people have come into the traditional form of the Mass kind of the hard way. Maybe they didn't intend to like we did. They just sort of found themselves there. They grew that way because of either crazy in the church or just the growing love for, for tradition and patrimony and liturgy and reverence. And so they, they just found themselves on this journey. Well, you know, it'd be nice if there was like an RCIA type of program that would embrace Catholics of, of that this. That would look so bad. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to call it RCIA, but a, a program that says, oh, welcome. And then, okay, what is tradition? And like, for instance, maybe give some, you know, instruction on how to pronounce the, the Latin words. So that way, when you're, when you're praying the mass along with uh, the priest, uniting your prayers to his, following the, in the missal, you might have a great shot at pronouncing these words very well. I still struggle, even though it's been years now. I've been saying the, the creed, for instance, in, in Latin for years now. And I still, there are still words in the creed that I struggle with. And every time, every single Sunday, I hear them pronounced and I go, oh, darn it, I should know better than this. Well, it, it's, this is going to take generations. This isn't something that's going to be solved in, in one person's lifetime. This is going to take generations for us to actually get back to the patrimony of the church we didn't we, we we didn't create the traditional mass we didn't create all these things in a generation or even in in a couple years rome wasn't built in a day neither was the church and in order for us to retain this and bring back cuz i mean like saint joan of arc would have prayed the mass saint Therese of Lisieux would have prayed the right. mass and they had no education didn't learn latin didn't know anything yeah. and they knew the mass why because this was part of their patrimony it was something that was just passed on it was something yeah. that was ingrained in their who they were as people and uh, this was lost, and it's going to take generations to get back. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, Jeff Burr mentions he went to boot camp Fort Leonard Wood. I don't know if I told you. I probably did. But I was born at Fort Leonard Wood, Jeff. So, yeah, it gets super cold there. And that's definitely a challenge. I can't imagine trying to uh, get uh, get bent and, and all of that from the drill instructors while it's also freezing. That would have been an extra level of, of insane that I'm glad I didn't have to experience. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. Praise be to God. Thank you all for joining us. We're very grateful to all of you for hanging out. It's always a pleasure and an enjoyment to chat with you directly. So God love you for it. We'll be back tomorrow morning. I do not yet know who our guest is tomorrow, but we're going to try to provide you the best show possible. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. We'd be super grateful. Uh, We'll have something special for you. Uh, Tomorrow is the last live show for the week. So tune in, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time keeping you informed and inspired. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you then.